Chapter 27 Tuesday Morning Drama at Work I sat in the shower with my coffee after Ally left. I heard her talking to Becca on the way out. The drops fell in my coffee making it cold, the shower felt good on the cage. The craving found me too tired to bother me, perhaps it was in a growth spurt, sleeping to gain strength. My own brain was re-establishing control over my world starting with simple things first. I used shampoo on my hair, and then my body because it was within my reach without getting up. I dozed off, but the shower turned cold awakening me. I lay there shivering, trying to remember the events that had me feeling hopeless. Was this how addicts felt? Was Ally my dealer? I remember Becca at the coffee pot, and the craving to fuck her started taking me over again. I fought my madness. I got up, dressed, and hurried out the door with a second cup of coffee. My brain was functional, I stopped at lights, and used my turn signals. I drove safely, and ignored thoughts trickling into my conscious mind. A dark cloud followed me to work, it was full of visions of asses, butts, inner thighs, pussies, and acts I dared not think about, but could not seem to repress. I showed up about 5 minutes late to our weekly staff meeting. It was still at the bullshit part of the meeting, with everyone talking about their weekend, so it was cool. There are about a dozen of us around a large oval table, mostly engineering leads, and specialists, I am one of the specialists in industrial wastewater design. Sally was at the opposite end of the table, we made glancing eye contact. We are a large engineering company that will remain anonymous for this journal, for obvious reasons. An upper-level manager that we should call George, popped in, and said we had finally signed the contract to upgrade a wastewater treatment plant, and we would be working with Conrad Construction, fake name. Holy shit ran through my brain, drowning out the rest of what he said, Ally worked for Conrad. I came back to reality, and realized he was talking to me and Sally could you two come by my office after this meeting? I said sure I think. Ally is an expediter at her construction company. Her job is to go talk with other companies, suppliers, or whoever whenever there is a bottleneck in getting a job done, and they need to get cooperation in solving a problem. She is very good at her job, she gets results. She has always been shameless about using her sexuality, to get concessions from other companies in the male-dominated construction business. Men want to see her coming, because she makes every man feel like he is so special he might get lucky. My theory why she had not been called out on her recent clothing upgrade, or downgrade, was that her management liked the results she got, and she manipulated them too. They left her alone to get results, however she got them. Privileges of being a beautiful, smart woman. Had George already talked to Ally? Had he tried to look up her skirt? Did Ally play with him? Would he become one of her man toys? He would have no idea of her powers? Would the craving infect him? I wondered what Sally was feeling about our night of passion. I was embarrassed when I thought about how the craving had possessed us. Sally sets up the project files on a new client on the computer, and handles all the red tape in getting something off the ground. We walked down the hall together to George's office, both of us pretending all was normal. She had on a mid-thigh dress which is short for her, but very modest compared to what Ally was wearing these days. I noticed her butt, 
and realized how much I had grown to appreciate it after having dug my fingers into its softness and experienced her possessed. Her beautiful plum ass swayed, back and forth in front of me, down the hall. I had the same pants on as the night before, I reached in my pocket and found them. I wanted to take them out and hold them over my face, and smell her juices. The cage hurt, the craving was restless inside of me. Not now, I said out loud and Sally's eyes locked with mine, and her eyebrows scrunched together. We sat in two chairs in front of George's desk, and I heard the blah, blah, blah as Sally took notes, and got some documents from him. He wanted me to look over the work scope, and come back and discuss it, blah blah. At some point, George had to go get something he forgot from the contract lawyers, I had phased out wondering how wise it was to be seeing Sally away from the office. When suddenly we were alone, and in a reasonably private setting, Sally rotated in her body toward me, not being careful to keep her knees together. The craving pushed me to look up her skirt. My heart did a cat hunk, cat hunk. The craving wanted me to plant more embryos in her. So soon? The cage hurt. How are you? I asked my voice high and shaky. I don't know. How did it go with Ally, does she hate me? She was curious to know how it went. What did you say? I said we had a great time. You didn't tell her what we did? And after a nervous pause. In the taxi. We should talk later, do you want to have lunch? Oh my gosh, you told her. I can't do this. And out of the office, she went, with the papers in her hands, leaving other documents on the desk in front of her. Not good. I thought. George came back, he wanted to know where Sally was. I said she was not feeling well, he speculated about her being hungover. A lady lawyer named Lisa was with George. She was very thin, and small, and in a black business suit. She was delicate, and her hair smelled like the green shampoo that Ally uses. Her thin fingers passed over the back of my hands, as she handed me a stack of papers to give to Sally. We lingered in that position for a long moment, with her hand in contact with mine, as George talked, blah, blah, blah. Our eyes met, and her mouth was slightly open. I could feel some of the craving flowing out of my mouth into her. I couldn't let it happen, she was too delicate for the craving. My senses were on hyperdrive as I caught the scent of her toothpaste, and my eyes noticed one of her front teeth was shorter than the other. Her lips were thin, and her lipstick was dark. Her tongue passed over her lips as I caught myself staring, and looked away. She seemed to move suddenly, and I bumped into her as I went through the doorway. I told George the first would get the papers to Sally. I would avoid Lisa, she was too delicate for the craving. I wondered if it was safe for her to be around Sally. I didn't really understand how the craving worked yet. I wanted to push my groin against something, as I walked toward Sally's office. I couldn't do this anymore. My grip on sanity seemed precarious. Ally wrote in our journal, and sent the same message in a text, as if she had just been listening to me. Robert, if you think it would help, I would be glad to meet Sally for drinks after work. Was she really upset? 
If you are worried about your sanity, you are still okay. I know Lisa, she is not delicate or helpless. She will eat you alive. So, how upset is Sally? I would put her about 11 on a scale from 1 to 10. She is probably in lust with you. Good luck, babes. Let me know how I can help. Ally. P.S. Are you messing with me talking about the craving? You can fix the problem with Sally with your magic tongue. The rest of the day was very tense with Sally, and I had to meet several times about getting the project file set up. She was using the absolute minimal words necessary to do what she had to do, and did not want me talking except when absolutely necessary. However, late in the day, she sat in my office, and she caught me looking at her breasts and we made brief eye contact. Mr. Happy slammed into the end of the tube a microsecond later. I tried to act like nothing was happening, and tried to control my breathing and sit still, inside I was really struggling, and the memories of that 20 minutes in the back seat of the Uber came flooding back into my mind. Outwardly I was perfectly calm, but on the inside, I was as aroused as that madman in the Uber. She said, and did nothing to acknowledge how much I was struggling as if my cover-up was working. However, she lingered in my office about five minutes longer than I thought necessary. She dropped a folder, and went down on one knee to pick it up, she made eye contact, and gave me a mean look that had the strange effect of causing my penis to throb a few times. I could hear the words coming out of my mouth being more spaced, and with awkward pauses in my effort not to stutter, as I sometimes do when I am turned on and talking. Ally loves it when I stutter. The craving was restless, but confident that Sally would need to return soon. I remembered in the Uber she wanted me to fuck her. I imagined being in the Uber, my cock sliding into her wetness. I wanted to pound her. Sally said nothing, when she left my office. I studied her ass to tell if she had underwear on as she hesitated in my doorway, as if she didn't know which direction to go. But what choice did we really have? I took her underwear out of my pocket, and bunched it in front of my nose, and inhaled deeply. I had mixed feelings about happy throbbing slowly. Why was Ally enjoying controlling me so much? What did she want from me? Ally's comment on audiobook for chapter 27. Robert has his own podcast, but I only post these comments on my podcast, that he knows nothing about. I let him control his log, his story, mostly. But occasionally, I am compelled to offer a different point of view to my specific audience, without confronting Robert with a point of view that could keep him from experiencing his fantasy. First, I doubt if Robert believes his story about the craving inhabiting those involved in this intense sexual game that we are playing. I think he is messing with us, but let's see it play out. In Robert's fantasy, I play the role as a tough mistress. In reality, this is a difficult role for me to play. On top of that, he wanted me to be a sexual tease. And, that did play into my tendency toward exhibitionism. I invented the skirt game, because I thought it would turn him on, and perhaps I secretly wanted to experience it. But now, I am kind of trapped in the role. 
My skirt game has become an integral part of Robert's fantasy. I am a tough mistress, who is addicted to her skirt game who can only get relief by long and frequent oral sex by her chastity slave. I'm afraid the game has become self-fulfilling in that at least a dozen men are vying for my attention, and are both being turned on and turning me on. And one of the unwritten rules is, that I do not pleasure myself, so it falls on Robert to relieve my sexual tensions that comes from all this teasing. And the feedback loop with Robert, and now Teddy, is also very real. Their sexual energy is real and intense, and very contagious. I'm surprised that it is not me, instead of Robert, that came up with a craving delusion, or story, whichever it turns out to be. You might wonder why I have not freed Robert yet, or at least let him fuck a few times. The primary reason is this. Robert is still playing a game in his head, he has not really accepted yet that he is a chastity slave. For Robert to really get his fantasy, he must really see himself as a chastity slave, where he does not get to make his choices with regard to sex. At the same time, he must accept my freedom as the mistress to fuck whomever I want. I need Robert to crave fucking someone beside me, and then deny him repeatedly at the same time I am fucking several gentlemen, that will not themselves get too possessive of me. We have perhaps 50 full and part-time welders in our company plus hundreds of craft people. Because of the skirt game, and my role in the company, I end up on construction sites with lots of men where my reputation of teasing and craving sex precedes me. To chose one or two to fuck me, invites dozens more to believe I am available, the skirt game confirms to each man he is correct, and he only has to catch me alone to make his move. In each of their fantasies, I will be unable to resist their sexual attraction. Yes, I wonder about myself, too. I am finding it very hard to manage the last stages of Robert's fantasy. Robert still resists my control of his sexual life. A sign that he has accepted me will be when he starts asking for permission, to see other women, and asking for advice on how to manage his relationships both in the matter of love and lovemaking. And for me, how do I pick a few good men to fuck, and not completely lose control around other men playing my skirt game? I am really struggling to stay cool in the midst of two games that seem to drive lust to extraordinary levels. If Robert would just surrender his will to me, we could close out the last few chapters of this very kinky adventure. Yes, it has been fun, but it is really getting hard to manage all these horny men I am creating.